0: Good to see you, Mr. Bond. Things have been awfully dull round here. Bureaucrats running the old place, everything done by the book. Can't make a decision unless the computer gives you the go-ahead. Now you're on this. I hope we're gonna have some gratuitous sex and violence.
1: I certainly hope so too. Do
0: you expect me to talk?
1: host Rebecca Andrews and always with me our fellow Bond fans Chris and Dave. Say hi.
0: Good evening. Hello.
1: Well, hello. This week the Battle of the Bonds reaches its thrilling conclusion in the shape of Never Say Never Again. Was it not really
0: me? that thrilling?
2: <laughs> it was. It ended in waves of liniment and...
1: and
0: we're not well concerned... at least we have not seen the story before. Um it's completely new. <laughs>
2: it, is, it is completely new, and I will explain why in a moment. This is not a remake of Thunderball, okay?
1: <laughs> Never.
2: Our lawyers have instructed us to say.
1: <laughs> Kevin McClory forces us from beyond the grave to say. Anyway, if you didn't know, this movie stars Sean Connery, Kim Basinger, House <laughs> What? <laughs> Basinger.
2: He was asking who Sean Connery is, yeah,
1: exactly.
2: which he's la- he's learnt to pronounce since the Thunderball episode. Seen Canary? <laughs> Seen,
1: cana- Seen Canaries,
2: yeah.
1: From <laughs> Stonebridge, anyway. Other names that I can't pronounce are <laughs> Max von Sydow, Edward Fox. Amazingly,
2: Edward ben- Fox. Amazingly, is that a double barreled <laughs> name?
1: A double-barrelled name.
2: <laughs> or did he marry Mister Amazingly, and he just put them together?
1: I just think it's amazing that he's in this movie. I just... It's... Uh,
2: yeah, that's the only thing amazing about it.
1: It's a real low point for him. Um, anyway, also starring Bernie Casey and Barbara Carrera, based on an original story by Kevin McClory, Jack Whittingham and Ian Fleming, directed by Irvin Kushner and released in 1983. What do we make of it then, guys?
0: After you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Um, well, despite what I uh, I just said, I, I'd still kind of like Never Say Never Again. Um... It's Connery returning after Diamonds, and uh, this this time around, he looks like he's actually enjoying himself. It looks like he's he's coming back to kind of like rekindle some of the fire he once had. Uh, it's I think it's like a reminiscence for Connery. Um, I think I think the film kind of works better uh, with uh, the plot from the ball at certain parts. Uh, I like the villain, and uh, I. I like some of the elements, like the fact that it's an aging Bond, and I like the kind of the little, the little, the little winks to the camera. Um, it has Max von Sch- um Snow is it, is it Snowden? Snowden? Cedar. Cedar, yeah. Cedar. Cedar. Um, I would, Edward I would, Snowden. Yeah, I always say Snowden. I, yeah, that's me, typical English Brit, murdering.
2: Starring Edward Snowden. <laughs>
0: um, but. Sorry, it's actress. Seen canaries? <laughs> but... <laughs> Is G- that off the IT crowd? No, I don't. That bit always makes me laugh whenever he's, like, he's in court and he goes, Sing, Canary! <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't remember that bit I don't remember that bit. Oh, yeah. It, Matt Barry, legend. Um, okay. G- but, uh, yeah, uh, Max, uh, Max von Sheldon. Uh, <laughs> Still a little while. <laughs> Sheldon? Max von Sheldon? <laughs>
1: <laughs> At least I'm not the only one who can't pronounce it. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Match on schnickenspiel. I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay, so <I'm
1: laughs> yeah, oh, I,
0: I, I like his turn. I, like, well, I like him as Blowfelt, but I just don't. I just don't I don't think they did enough with it. He just basically like sit in a chair, struck a cat for ten seconds. Um, so he
1: did. Wasn't it? Because it wasn't him. Mm-hmm.
0: That's what he does anyway yes but i just like i would have liked a bit more scenery cheering because i think it, it could have been like a potential best casting for blofeld but um but there you are but i, I do like the villain i like the uh the hench lady in this as well um which is oddly like, 'cause because we were big fans of the uh counterpart in thunderball so yeah. yeah but um yeah i generally quite enjoy it it's it's a bit of a, an odd, odd one um if you if this came out at the time, I probably would have been dead set against it, going like, "Why? What's the point? What's the point of doing this again?" But after going back to it and kind of growing up watching it, um, I kind of glad it exists as a kind of like an odd little side note for Bond. Really, uh, what do you think, Dave? I think
2: as long as you can forget, uh, if you're not expecting sort of 1962 to 1965 Connery, you can have a really good time with this, and I think that. I've I've had problems with it over the years, I think, for just that reason. It's like the main man in the official series is by this point too old, and then they bring back Connery, who's too old as well. But watching it again in preparation for this, he is really good in this. It's one of his better performances in the role. He manages to be sort of swaggering but not arrogant at the same time, which is kind of... It's a really interesting performance. I think with regard to the film as a whole... It's kind of at once better and worse than it's got any right to be. I say better because, as we talk through the film, the production history on this is a mess. The writing history on this is a mess. So to have anything at all cohesive on the screen with such a good lead performance is actually a bit of a minor miracle. But it's worse than it should be because Kevin McClory's been thinking about this since the mid-60s. He had 10 years to think about what his... Rights were in terms of adapting the the original work, and we'll come on to what that means in a minute and The ten years was up actually at the beginning of nineteen seventy six so he's had at least seven years to assemble a script that satisfies everybody, satisfies the lawyers, satisfies the stars, and get a deal in place, and yet we hear stories of absolute chaos on the script front. And it does show in the final film, there are things that are sort of not properly explained, things that don't quite make sense. And you've got, um, you've got sort of things that are sort of set up and never really go anywhere. And it actually reminds me in places, although it's much better than Casino Royale 1967, because the biggest problem with that film was five different directors, Peter Sellers walking off set, different writers, and you've got things picked up and dropped. And whilst this is a lot more cohesive, that it does wear the scars of its production history. But it's better than Octopussy, in my opinion. And although it isn't a Bond film per se, and, and that does affect it, the lack of Eon touches, for all but about, the for the first three quarters, I think this is actually really quite solid.
0: Becca, what do
1: you think? Um, Dave mentioned this, um, the script. Um, I did a bit of reading and mentioned that there were script um input from dick clement and Ian the which i think is so random so you've got like the writers of like porridge um i the same pet and sort God. of classic british sitcoms working on a non-eon bond movie are so weird what do you think to that
2: um i i <laughs> there were at least 10 different writers on this at one time or another the, the credited writer is lorenzo semple jr who's done a lot of different stuff but the thing that always stands out to me. I mean, he did Papillon, but he also did the Batman television series from the 60s. <laughs> we'll um, about. Ian Lafrené and sorry, I've said them. What was the other guy's name? Sorry. Oh, sorry, Dick Clement. Dick Clement, yeah. They are interviewed on the special features and they basically say that about the first 40 minutes is theirs. And oh. you can kind of see that because well actually the the uh I need to I need a sample Mr Bond. What from here? That's a joke that comes directly from Ronnie Barker's mouth in Porridge. So you can see it in some of the humour in in the first section. But all sorts of different people wrote on this. Uh, actually, they looked for input because this film was produced by Jack Swartzman. Jack Swartzman was married to Talia Shire. Talia Shire, you'd know from Ad- as Adrian Balboa from the Rocky films, and uh, Connie Corleone from the Godfather films. But she was the bro- she is and still remains the sister of Francis Ford Coppola, and it's Francis a Ford Coppola did did a, did a pass at this script as well. So it had the world and its wife on it. It really did. The fact you got a couple of comedy writers seems a bit odd, but actually they're they're responsible for some of the better bits of the film.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably just added into, like, can you just throw in some, like, a few, like, ad-libs of Connery to say, kind of
2: thing. Well, yeah, you might say that, but actually, um, one of the things they talk about on the special features is they had, well, they had a start to the film. To cut a long story short, that pre, well, yeah, I suppose it was supposed to be a pre-title at the time. I think they thought they were going to do some spin on the sort of Bond openings we're used to, um... But the the pre-title they came up with doesn't show Connery's face till the very end. And it's like, you've got, your big draw is you've got the real James Bond, effectively. And you're going to cover his face. So they wrote the um, action sequence you get at the start. But they wrote it as a ticking clock, effectively. And they said it was one of the worst post-production decisions ever to put a really sappy song over it but they yeah they didn't just write jokes they wrote things that that fundamentally shaped this film but as we go through it you're going to see them go to locations that don't you think what did they go there for and and as we talk through it they didn't know what they were doing from scene to scene a lot of what a fatima blush does is very random and it's because they they flashed they fleshed her character out as they went along so it it is a mess um but they've put a reasonably cohesive story on the screen, if only because they had a book to go off, I mean if they'd had no book to go off, God only knows what this would have been
1: now that's my kind of main problem with this film I mean it's enjoyable as it is mm. it is a complete mess um let's say the, the scenes towards the end of the film literally they look as if they've just been written on the fly and said, "Oh, here, you go, here's your lines for the day, and let's shoot it." Um, the, the endings terrible it's, it's a complete mess mm. I mean just like well I mean Sean Connery's great. He, he, you know despite the production problems it's clear he's having the most fun he's had on a Bond movie since From Usher of Love I guess um, he's, he's looking very tanned and leathery so he's had, clearly been having a good time in the Bahamas mm. but um, yeah I just think yeah. in script and structurally as well it's just a, yeah. of, a complete mess but it's a it's a good laugh I had fun watching it and even though I don't count it as a real Bond movie it doesn't quite fall outside the rankings for me um, but no it's an enjoyable watch anyway and you know a good sort of curio I guess for Bond fans
2: well, I guess we best actually start before we go into sort of talking through the film sequentially. It's never quite where well, you've got sort of story and background to tell on one of these films. It's very difficult to know where to drop it in, you know. But I think in this case, there was such a build up to it. And really, this is part two of three, because the rest of this story will tell in the lead up to Casino Royale. Because this has a direct impact on Eon Productions getting Casino Royale and making that film. But we've got that little bit sort of after Thunderball. It goes quiet for a few years. Uh, Kevin McClory has signed up to his 10 years. Those 10 years are up in early uh, yeah, early 1976, January, February time. And immediately he announces he wants to do James Bond of the Secret Service. Now, you'll have heard a- another title for this, The fi- what the film was going to be at this point, and I'll explain that in a moment. Uh, At the same time, he goes to Eon Productions and says um, that he threatens, he starts saying that he owns Blofeld. He owns Blofeld and he owns Spectre. So Cubby Broccoli says to Christopher Wood, Rock Spectre or Blofeld, out of this. And they did it before it went to court, but assuredly it would have. At the same time, they turned around having heard... On a uh, James Bond of the Secret Service, Eon Productions, and said that's too close to Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So they cut that back. He tended to like one word titles anyway, so it was renamed Warhead. And on board, he managed to get Len Dayton, the celebrated author, and he got Sean Connery on board as effectively a consultant to it. He was going to produce and script. The long-term game, knowing what a chance a Kevin Macquarie could be, was almost certainly to get Connery to play the role, but that wasn't the deal to begin with. Paramount Pictures gets involved, and so now you have got a new Bond film coming by from Paramount Pictures called Warhead, uh, scripted by Len Dayton, with Sean Connery, and um, with a very expensive uh, finale at the Statue of Liberty. Now, the un, the sort of word on this script was, it's dazzling. Now, whether that's just the passage of time, I don't know. But apparently that was a very special script. But then it sort of went into litigation because Eon Productions said that's not in the book. Yeah, The, the finish at the um, Statue of Liberty. Several elements of it, they were arguing that he, hon- he only had the right to adapt the book. Not even to remake Thunderball, not the liberties that was taken there, but to adapt the book. Paramount got cold feet and pulled out, and we are left at the end of the 70s with nothing. Fast forward a couple of years, Sean Connery had pulled out because he didn't he wanted to be he didn't want any part of the litigation. But as I say, Paramount weren't convinced that they had a, a case really, they didn't want any part of it. Uh, but things turned around when Jack Schwartzman got involved. Jack Schwartzman was an entertainment lawyer, uh, not much of a producing past, particularly. Um, and he agreed to sort of get involved and fund it and everything else. Sean Connery agreed to get involved on the on the proviso that uh, he would be indemnified against any damages, and he would also have uh, pre- uh, director, script, and cast approval. So he would have full say on everything that was going to happen. So this was in many ways a Sean Connery picture. And to cut a long story short, they pitched up at Orion... And that's where the film was made. Um, director choice, uh, even down to, um, we'll get on to score, but the, the uh, Michel Legrand, who did the score. Um, Jack Swartzman wanted James Horner, who was just coming off the Wrath of Khan. Um, Sean Connery bumped into Michel Legrand in, in a hallway somewhere and they got talking and he <laughs> scores the film. We'll get onto the specific production as we go through the actual film itself, because you can point to specific scenes and sequences and bits of the script. But that's how we end up with Never Say Never Again. They rushed the film through, Eon in tried to injunct at the last minute, but the film's already made. And the court's attitude is why are you trying to injunct now? You the money's been spent. Um and that's how we end up with Never Say Never Again in nineteen eighty three.
0: So basically the McCauley had a, a much well, I'll like say a bigger script with Big, grander ideas, but the money for what he had for it just got chewed up in the lawsuits. It's not, um, it's
2: not so much money. It's more the fact that... And we'll see this as we get into Never Say Never Again because this film right. is heavily, heavily hamstrung by the whole legal process during it. I'm not even talking about money being chewed up. This had a bigger budget than Octopussy. Significantly bigger budget than Octopussy. What it is is... Eon would go to would say that's not in the book, and Kevin McClory was desperately trying to get hold of like the papers from the the original case, because if there was any evidence that Jack Whittingham had sat down and written a set piece that say had taken place in Egypt, but they ended up new using it, that would be fair game because it was part of that project. Um, but yeah, he ended up having to. They even used to. They even got to the point they were arguing over dialogue. Because they were saying, well, the dialogue's got to be what's in the book. Well, you can't write a, book's di- a a film's dialogue from a book. So, yeah, the reason the Warhead script, which I be- I've heard is good, um, was scrapped, was it wasn't close enough to Thunderball and Paramount got cold feet. And once a major studio and the star gets cold feet, you've got to go back to square one, really.
0: Yeah, it's like it Death Note, really. I'm kind of interested to, to read, if you know, if it's online, that Warhead script.
2: I honestly don't know if it is. Uh, I didn't go looking for it. What I read, I I watched all the special features in preparation for this. I also read the Battle for Bond or the relevant bits. I read from, basically, I read from um, McClory coming back on the scene in sort of late '75, right the way through to the end of the story, Um, and I read that a couple of times. So, yeah, I don't know whether the Warhead script exists now. I really don't, but there was a lot of excitement in Hollywood at the time that it was one of the best un- unproduced scripts around, but it wasn't cl- It wasn't close enough to the...
1: That'd the, be really interesting if, if it is kind of floating around out there. that would be interesting to kind of have a look at it and mm-hmm. you know, see what changes... Obviously, we know what changes were made, but yeah. have a good look at it from a production point of view. That'd be fascinating.
2: It would.
0: But I will say this for Kevin McCloy. Why? I mean, like, I just don't get the, his reasoning for getting obsessed for... It's like, no, I must... Re- do mm-hmm. Bond? It's like, well, you know it was Ian Fleming's creation. Why, why are you obsessed? It's mm-hmm. like, well, I have to make that that film that mm-hmm. I that that, I, that I scripted. Well, you did. It was Thunderball, remember? You know, yeah. it <laughs> got made. You know, He's obsessed you, with you, it. You were part of the production, you know. And you
2: know, yeah, balls big enough. Well, I think this was Jack Schwartzman, not Kevin McClory. But they even went to Eon and offered them this as a co-production. Yeah, know, know. Eon are, are doing perfectly fine. Forget what I did or didn't think about Octopussy. The the films are doing okay. The films are doing okay. They're popular enough. Eon do not need this.
1: I think maybe by Thunderball he kind of felt a bit slighted perhaps. But yeah, because it, it is so random because one man was obsessed, obsessed by one film for so long. I mean, it cost him quite badly in terms of his health for Kevin McClory. Well, he
2: was an alcoholic as well, which didn't... Well,
1: exactly, He yeah, has that number of conti- contributing factors. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, he was obsessed for, for so long. and just like, let it lie, you know? What,
2: what doesn't make sense to me about his whole approach to Bond, and we see it again. I mean, I, I don't want to tell too much of the story post this film because we'll talk about it in the lead-up to Casino Royale, and that's in some ways the more interesting part. But you know, we all know that later in later in the timeline, he was talking about doing one well with Timothy Dalton, you know, and so on. Before Sean Connery pitched into this, there was talk of Lazenby. He always kind of wanted to take, like, the, a previous Bond, and yet he argued he had the momentum and the right to make a series. He genuinely thought, and at times the law kind of supported him on this, that he could kind of make sequels to this. Well, if that's the case, why do you cast Sean Connery first time out? I kind of wonder if if he had cast one of the Eon candidates um, for this, like a Lewis Collins or something, might he have created a new momentum, made the official series look a bit old hat, and maybe he'd have had more momentum, but he didn't. He kind of just redid something they'd already seen with a guy who was only ever going to make one.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, so basically his momentum was like, let's create like something, let's base something on what I've already done. And make, and make something new enough that it can spin off from that to be its own thing. Is that basically what they were going for?
2: Again, anything that was part of the whole Longitude 78 West process and the effect of the book afterwards. He thought he could make a series with Spectre and Blofeld and so on.
0: Well, without further ado, let's uh, do what we always do and, uh, <laughs> and run through the film by memory. So, <laughs> Becca.
1: This is why I make notes, because otherwise... Because we I've seen it
2: like asked. three
0: times now.
2: You make notes because we don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, uh, you, make, nice. you make notes because we don't. We, we don't have to. That's why.
1: Yeah.
0: Is it because my memory is
1: so crap? I've got. I've got a very poor short-term memory. Um, yeah. Because I'm special. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, we see him on the training mission, don't we? And it's probably like a bizarre training work. mission. There's, there's some, but only we, we find out later on that it's actually it's a test.
2: Who's in on this though? Because I mean, he's he's garrotting people and. Appears to break a few necks and stuff, and properly yeah. knock some
0: people. It doesn't he actually throw someone off a roof. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, it does. It's but just yeah, like, she, a blown well up done, men.
2: <laughs> They put a song over it, and that song's a horrible earworm. And I've seen this more than once in the last few weeks.
0: Never it's, it's like, never seen, it again. It's when you when you open up your action film with an action scene what what you want is music that is like shitty jazz done on a casio keyboard <laughs> that you'd find in a, in a in a in a in a cafe lounge cafe somewhere you know it's that's it's that's, that's the keyboard. sound you <laughs> want isn't
2: it it's awful this song it's so
1: ridiculously <laughs> 80s as well isn't and the
2: first the first few notes sound like a warped vhs <laughs> yeah does.
1: literally i don't have the blu-ray but i was in the dvd and it's like <laughs> and you think, oh god you know a uh, the, the head on my dvd player is you know clean I was like what's going on what
2: is this tattoo?" Yeah. Uh... <laughs> sorry no it's okay this song was meant was offered to um bonnie tyler oh
1: god it's and she
2: and she want, she wanted to do the bond theme, a bond theme you know whether you think this is a real bond film or not she was up for the idea <laughs> and then she heard the song
0: yeah i don't blame her
2: and so it's I don't, not really
0: I... her sound though is it bonnie tyler it's no it's
2: it's not but yeah she didn't like the song the song wasn't the song is not good and it's produced by. it's sung by lani hall wife of her palpit um and who her palpit of the and the tijuana brass
1: it did the the trumpet one thing okay yeah there's one connection somewhere
2: i don't know (laughs) there are various connections through this uh
0: uh, yeah. uh, if, I, <laughs> if I only had an actor who was in the series previously,
2: hmm. I <laughs> know.
1: Oh, oh, A slight fun connection.
2: Well, no, actually. I mean, I'm thinking like Michel Legrand, who, who um, did the music for this. He also did the music for the 1970s Wuthering Heights with Timothy Dalton.
1: Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. I must watch uh, it. Uh, yeah.
2: But he also did. I mean, this score is awful, but he also did the score to the 1968 um, Thomas Crown Affair. And wrote,
1: that is brilliant. And
2: wrote "Windmills of Your Mind." Didn't
1: that win Oscars? It won an Oscar, it's didn't it?
2: Really? <laughs> and then he came and wrote this. So I don't. This know.
1: film was like the complete Nadir. Of... Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> but um, so yeah, there's a training mission, oh,
1: which dear.
2: does not sell itself as a training mission, but it does tell you Connery's back. He's moving well. You can actually see him thinking about what he's doing rather than being Superman. And you know, you see the, him
1: doing proper spy. The action's of the not bad.
0: Spycraft. One minute forty-seven seconds. Number
1: seven.
0: What did you? Yeah, it? It, it is a bit grittier, isn't it? I mean, that's what they. What's what he initially tried to go for? Go for like a, a little bit more grittier type type of bond here, uh, with the whole breaking into, like some abandoned palace somewhere, and you know and a girl like stabs stabs him in a or fake stabs him if you will. Mm.
2: Um, yeah, it, it it's kind of all right, and then we cut back to MI six. And this is the first sign, some, to me, apart from the music, that something's wrong. Because we're put, we're, in front of us is a terrific actor giving a horrific performance.
0: So what, stuffy. Sean Connery isn't that bad?
2: Come <laughs> on. Edward Fox's M is how horrendous in this. Oh, do shut up,
0: don't oh don't come go. on. Oh, 007,
2: oh. Oh, do come
0: on. That's so fun.
2: And, uh, yeah. You'll do more than that. And you've got his sidekick there, who I thought was meant to be Bill Tanner. And when I looked him up in the the credits, he's a guy called Elliot who does fuck all <laughs> in the whole film. I do not
1: know who
2: he is. He's really. This is just awful. Uh,
1: he's been a few like British sitcoms and that as well, isn't he? Kind of like a British I'm character
2: a actor. Yeah, yeah, British yeah. character actor. I've seen him in several things, but um, this is this is bad. And, and Connery manages to play w- pretty well off this, and he's got. He he does have a an older man's sort of sanguine approach to it all. That he's effectively semi-retired,
0: mm.
2: and uh, and it's because the new M's got no use for the double O section, and Bond's getting getting on in years and a little bit of a, out of shape as well. Um, and they talk about his training exercises, which is quite funny because Connery's of the opinion he's been doing really well, but he's been killed once and like had both his legs blown off once. <laughs> Not really, but obviously in the game. I don't know why they would represent that, because he seems to really kill people. <laughs> uh, perhaps he has got bionic legs, I don't know.
0: He's <laughs> a bionic man.
2: And he's sent off to a health farm.
0: Jublins, hooray!
2: Which makes more sense than in Thunderball.
0: Yeah, I I think the health farm bit in this actually does work better than it does in Thunderball. And, yeah. and I, I, think, I think I said this uh, when we originally did Thunderball, but like the the actual whole... Plotting with the um, Domino's brother uh, just makes more sense. Like, why don't you just blackmail her brother to to do it rather than getting a guy who and spent two yeah, years to, on no. yeah, Spent years on plastic so, so get, so get so surgery so. to make it look like him to then kill the guy when you know and then do the job for you. You know, you know, only to kill him. You know, whereas you, you you've already got her. already got his sister. Just just use her yeah. to say, look, do it or will killer
2: and they got him hooked on something basically yeah. they got him hooked for those who haven't seen the film and i can't imagine that's many of you listening uh the guy who plays her brother Jack Potachi also played Brad in Superman 3 and it's more <laughs> it's more or less the same rock yeah
0: i knew i i knew I remembered him, somewhere. <laughs> you seen him from somewhere basically
2: middle aged with substance abuse issues um, Is there,
0: there's a typecasting going on there. yeah he, he looks directly from the 70s that's he, he looks exactly like that yeah
2: and uh yeah, so he's at Troublands and he's being looked at after by a private nurse, who basically is dressed and behaves like something out of a porn film.
0: I very thinking Cruella De Because
2: you always keep, you know, if you're going to give someone an injection, you keep it in. You keep the syringe in your stockings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I really it's... Sorry, go on. Chris, you uh, work uh, in a care
2: home. Uh, Do you ever keep syringes in your stockings? No. <laughs>
0: But it it was funny, like, it was the, it was the, uh, it was a little odd comment, you know, they sort of, like, which is, like, brushes past, like, some some of the staff, and there's, like, an actual line of dialogue by some of the staff, like, about, like, ooh, like, yeah, you know, she's not from around here. You know, obviously, you know, wouldn't be behaving like that. Yeah, thanks, like, it, these, for a, these agency nurses, almost like yeah, like, it's like my god, times never change. Uh, <laughs> but, so uh,
2: Connery's told that to go there to clear up free radicals. Free radicals. Now, apart from a joke to Money Penny, I don't know why they expended so much dialogue on that.
0: Uh, Money Penny looks nineteen. Yeah, she does, and yeah, she's she wearing does.
2: kind of a tux, which is weird.
1: Yeah, very odd fashion choice there, probably 80s fashion, but she's like,
0: I'm going to make all three rounds <laughs> but, but to be fair, Connery doesn't seem to kind of, like, hit on her, though. It is very much like, a, just a friendly kind of, like, oh, hey, penny, how are you, blah, 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 I'll have a little joke, ha, I'll see you later. Do you know, I do, after... I do
2: wonder if, my, I haven't read Thunderball, I don't know if Money, Money, Penny's in that book, I do wonder if they skip past it, because they have to.
1: Probably, hmm. I haven't read it in ages, but I do know that they keep like the original names instead of like um, Jack Rivers, you know, Jack Patachi. Hmm. Like all the original names are kept from the book, obviously because they have to. But um, yeah, I must go back and reread it.
2: Yeah, uh, it was Francois Duval, wasn't it? In the that was one. Duval yeah, yeah, I, I was getting mixed up during the Thunderbolt review myself, but they, um, yeah, I mean, this is stuff. this is all handled better. Um, there's a few things, and again, you can see several hands on the script because he gets out of his Bentley. And he says somebody. Somebody says they don't make him like that anymore, or something like that. And he says, "Still in pretty good condition, though." Or sorry, yeah. still in pretty good shape, sir. Sure. So, now, then he cuts straight to a room where the doctor says something to him about his body, and he says, "Still in pretty good shape, though." Yeah, I think and that's... I'm thinking <laughs> this needed a fucking script editor. What are you talking about? You said that <laughs> I that's so within funny in the last though. ten seconds. Uh... <laughs> I, wonder if,
1: I wonder if that's a deliberate a joke, though, because you know we we're talking about sort of Dick Clement and you know an oh, ex- earlier. It's like having the jokes like fill the speaker please you know from here sort of dodgy jokes like that and you think was it deliberate or yeah i love the fact fact that she laughs
2: so heartily at the idea that he might shower her with piss from (laughs) 10 feet away it's a bit like domino laughs heartily at being sexually abused later but uh, it's it's not smart but yeah we got um they get through the whole troubling stuff a bit more efficiently actually
1: yeah, I think it's, it works a lot better than it does in Thunderball. I mean, it's it's not as, as protracted, I don't think. But um yeah. certainly the fight seems more brutal as well. Um, they do
2: seem more brutal, but they finish with a really stupid side gag.
0: Um, not good. <sighs> what amazes me is how quickly you can stumble into a shelf of of, uh, of glass jars and get killed by impaling yourself on a load of broken glass. How, like, that is... It, it just amazes me how you, he's like, oh he just stumbles in and then he just like falls down he's got like a mat he's got he's been st- stabbed but he's got a whole like whole needle. tube so it's just like in his back basically
2: he's got glass. a shelf of glass yeah it it's like, glass. like
0: i'm like how did that even happen it's like I mean, I imagine he might have got a bit cut,
2: but come on, like... I I don't know. I haven't looked at Irving Kirshner's filmography to know if there's any comedy in it, because they fluff this joke. I mean, it's not a funny joke anyway. Basically, he's fighting Pat Roach, who's the the guy that Indy fights by the plane in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Same actor. Yeah,
1: same guy. And,
2: um, you know, he was always brought in as, you know, tough guy. He's a big
1: heavy, really, isn't he? But he's clearly
2: stronger, younger, fitter in everything else than Connery. So Connery is having a tough time in this fight. And well designed it, it, work, so. it,
0: it works well for me most times there is a bit where uh, they do kind of like they, they're fighting through like the corridor and while everyone's watching the boxing match yeah and he stops and, kind of
2: and kind of... puts his arm on the chair and watches a little yeah. bit for when the yeah, watches a little around. bit. It. yeah I, I, it's all handled really well but eventually they're in the lab and um, Connery's backed into a corner he's been well beaten up so he grabs a beaker of whatever's next to him chucks it in the guy's <laughs> face and to skip to the end of the joke it's James Bond's urine sample Right, <laughs> but this bloke struggles, screaming with pain at this for what feels like an eternity. It's really it dragged out this joke, and then it's he's dead. Yeah, it's just like
0: toxic wee that kills him.
2: Yeah. So, so
0: yeah. well, of course he's dead because he's got like he- he's been stabbed to death in the back by Poison. random. Yeah, you know, he didn't it's a go hazard. that
2: hard into it, but he basically exactly that's why he's just dead. Like, he's dead.
1: Like he just stumbles into it, gets stabbed, and oh, he kills over. It. It's like, what? Yeah. So,
2: ridiculous. yeah, not so good.
1: But it, just, it always has me in the stitches, though, so excuse the pun, but it's just like, it's so <laughs> ridiculous.
0: It's just oh, God. Oh, it's so, just a wee joke. Yay. But a, yay. Before, that he,
2: um, before that, he meets Pat Fearing, who is called Pat Fearing in this, still, as, as with you. Uh, he's
1: still trying to seduce her.
2: And yeah, basically, he's straight onto that, and she manipulates his back, and basically comes to his room with not very exciting f- food and he shacks her. Yeah.
1: Foie no more massages this time.
2: Yeah. Foie gras. Foie gras. Mm. fall off apparently, so bear that in mind. <laughs> and <laughs> That's
1: the magic people. That's the
2: <laughs> and, secret. And, and presumably after they've had sex, and this film has one of the funniest sex scenes I've ever seen, <laughs> uh, he hears basically Jack Patacci having the shit kicked out of him by his private nurse
1: than my blush she's got to be like apart from like zenya on the top and oh i can't think who else other other bond girls um yeah she's got to be like one of the most highly sexed vanessas there is in the series
0: well she's very cartoony like
1: she's like yeah you mentioned like cruella de Vil with their massive like fur stoles and it's just like what it's completely she's she's, very yeah crafty-like. she's
0: very highly animated uh, animated and over the top um I, I can imagine some people not really enjoying. I I, I did enjoy it. I, I think it kind of it, it it added like a bit of color to the film. so we say? Mm. And, it, and, she, cartoon, yeah. and she's memorable, and I liked how she's just like insane. Was like, like the greatest pleasure was
1: afforded me by Fatima Malbash. Blah, blah, blah And she just she's utterly mental, and she wears like these sort of leather plastic leather trousers. And well,
2: actually, where she, where she's killed later in the film, it occurred to me that from the waist up, she's dressed like Liberace.
0: And <laughs> um, from the waist down, she's yeah. dressed
2: like General Zod. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kneel before that's... Zod, and stand up beside Liberace. <laughs> that's,
1: that's a too many influences for a character there.
2: <laughs> uh, it's it's absolutely all over the shop. I mean. We'll get onto it as we go through the scenes, but we'll get to scenes that you go. Did anyone like look at this script before they put it out? But she's quite over the top. She's really vampish, quite attractive. And it did occur to me that if you took her and Klaus Maria Brandauer, you could have cast them as Zorin in Mayday.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That's quite that he's easy. Sort of. You've got like a great like th- where well, he's known as like a theatre actor, isn't he, um, Brandauer? Um, I think although, although I think he's less he's less formidable. He's kind of more of a throwaway villain. Then, like, like, for example, Largo in Thunderball, I think is quite a, a terrifying villain. Um, he's very much, he's very physical and he's very much hands-on. Um, but Largo here is a little bit like, mm. he's more smug and a little bit cuckoo.
0: Mm. Um, I think that kind of works. I mean, for me, it works. It's just like a, it's just like a different take on him. But I mean, it, it, this one he's just really creepy and kind of like slimy. And it's like, oh god, I can't wait for you to get killed. But he's also kind of like he, he's like you can tell by he's very sort of. You can can tell by his demeanour. Yeah, I won't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I mean, the only thing that baffles me is why uh, Domino is like at the beginning so madly in love love with her, even though he's like clearly threatens to cut her throat. You know,
1: it's like yeah, it's really weird. And
0: and, but but I love that line. I love how it's delivered. You know how he's all like so charming and all smooth and all this, and like you know one little thing he's like, then I cut your throat. Like really, cool? really Definitely. sinister. So I really like that. I really like that fat idea that he's just, yeah, I just find that it, a bit beyond how, he, how he's yeah. all
1: over her, and then how sorry, how she's all over him, and he's like, ah, oh, I got your throat And it's just like, oh my god. But yeah, I, yeah. I think it's creepy. It's creepy how you know he's kind of watching her from uh, one-sided I... mirror, and you think, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess. i wouldn't I'd want like to that...
2: flash a black light round that room, would you? No, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's drenched in jism. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I well, with that, with that porno music it listens to, well, it is <laughs> e.
1: porno music. Around. It's a
0: sexy sax all over again.
2: I would have loved it if, when Connery like, sat in that chair later and got off it, the chair had gone with him. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: He just like put his hand on somewhere and goes, like, Ugh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> He nets yeah. out for
2: um, and Yeah, and when he's outside <laughs> later <laughs> going to Don am Domino, I'm going I'm to kiss you because I'm looking to provoke a reaction. That, that It was a different reaction he was looking
1: like... yeah. <laughs> for. <laughs> oh, dear, dear.
2: But anyway, back to Shrublands, where they're all wholesome and getting well.
1: Wholesome and healthy. Yeah,
2: Jack Patati's there recovering from an eye operation where somehow they've put the cordia of the president into his eye.
1: That's a security issue right there, isn't it? It is, really.
2: I don't I know how they did that. that. I don't know. They, they must have gone off some sketches and artist impressions. <laughs> uh, but, uh, basically, he's going to replace... Uh, where well, He's basically going to make a sort of dummy warhead live. So it can be... Um, yeah, so basically that Spectre can get hold of nuclear weapons in a similar sense to the way they did in Thunderbolt.
1: Yeah, they did like a, um, yeah, storyline's kind of vaguely similar, but they did like a test run, don't they? And then they kind of, um, he uses the fake eye to kind of, you know, launch the real one. So he kind of switches the dummy warheads for the real life things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's just very 80s. I mean, surely back in 1983, obviously it was it was very current and the video game sequence, which we'll we'll talk about later on, was just so horribly dated for me. I just think, oh.
2: It's I think it's more the fact that is there not a fail safe in the system anywhere that says, no. well, that's the president's uh, OK, but he's not actually here.
1: They have eight seconds. It's, it's kind of the eight second window, isn't it? But
2: That's just weird. And also, while it's counting down, it gets to about four and he's like,
1: come on, come on.
2: I'm like, <laughs> quick, oh, quick. It's, it's quite predictable. You've got to wait another four. Yeah.
1: You've got countdowns, count down, so it's like, ah, mm. oh,
2: OK. So anyway, in his fight with Pat Roach, they pretty much destroy the place. Yeah, um, we go back for another M scene that fucking makes my teeth itch.
0: I, I mean, I, but I do love Connery's action. He's, he's getting his like, uh, he's getting told off, and he's like, "Well, to be fair, and man they tried to kill me." Yeah, <laughs> like, he was like, you know, uh, you know, lo- not like I when I went asking for it, you know. But uh, I like that kind of. I I think I, I do like Connery in here though because he's just like he, he's calm. He's confident, it's but he's not calm. like. Yeah, yeah very he's not, He's not over egging it. There's he's no like, seething he... in this one. No. No. <laughs> he's, he, he's taking the bollock in, but he's kind of like knows that, well, you're know, fucking your idiot, so I'm not going to say anything.
1: Yeah, Just exactly. Don't, yeah, like,
0: I'm not going to waste joke. my breath. I'll, I'll make my point while he was trying to kill me. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Make sure
1: his point's
0: well
2: known. Yeah. So Connery is told about. Uh, yeah, basically he immediately. What's he, Where's he t- sent to next?
0: Is this when oh, he sent okay. to the Bahamas? Uh, yeah, Bahamas. No, well, yeah, it goes to uh, Q, doesn't it? Well, Q Lab. I'm not sure if it's actually Q. Algae. Uh Yeah.
1: Algae
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, yeah, you get, the, you get the Q scene, don't you? Um, but we haven't talked about the Bluefield scene yet.
0: <sighs> well, so not we really much to say, really, other than it's just like Max von Uh <laughs> I'm just going to mispronounce his name each time. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 in a well. chair, stroking a cat. Talking to some people. Um, Isn't but, it a shit. supreme
2: irony that you've just fought for the rights to Blofeld? You get him, you put a celebrated character actor in the role and give him about fifteen seconds.
0: Yeah, you waste him so much. It's just, oh. I I guess they were thinking right we're gonna use him more mm. and then and then kind of like build him up as the as the sequels go, I guess. Well yeah, although yeah. they've
2: got him strike, stroking the white cat, which is an eon invention. Mm. which is interesting, but they got away with that but then I suppose he was on screen so briefly and here, I mean again I don't know how it is in the book, instead of being number one he's supreme commander, is it, of Spectre?
1: Is. Yeah, because uh, Largo Yeah, Largo's number one, one. Yeah. which is
2: very
0: interesting, I thought
2: So he's chairman and Largo's chief executive or something mm-hmm. but anyway I mean,
0: It's pretty much the same thing as number one It is the, the same two. thing, but I, think, yeah. I,
2: I do wonder if that convention's the book Yeah But uh,
0: I'm going to have to go back and
1: read it after this, I think.
2: It's quite clear Klaus Maria Brandauer is the lead villain in this film.
1: Lead villain.
2: The lead villain <laughs> Again, <laughs> Becca knows he's the villain, but she's thinking of his willy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've had ginger tea on today, so I'm kind of... Sure. Afraid. There's no alcohol involved.
2: Uh, really? Okay. <laughs> Lovely. So, what uh, so <laughs> so can I, you say? So... Ginger tea, Brilliant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, cool. so we're in uh we're in q lab and q's like uh i mean i, I kind of like this q scene because q gets to moan about real things like it's fucking freezing we're always getting a budget cut i wish i was you in know, america I might, yeah i might as well work for the cia get like get all these nice things Air conditioning. You know, and he's moaning the fact he's, and then back he's moaning like he's got a cold as well i just like that little touch you know and you know it's it's the little sort of things are like you tell they're good friends there's a little...
1: snide comments um made towards i guess i don't know towards like the government at the time of the budget cuts and everything because like M complained that he's having to kind of refinance the the build the, you know the reconstruction of, of shoplands from his meager budget and then Algie's complaining about budget cuts and one thing or another and obviously how he'd rather be abroad but i just think that's that's a kind of i think I think, sec- I
2: think gender reassignment's taken it a bit far I mean, well, if well, no, he wants not to can... go and work in a foreign country, that's fine. But becoming abroad's
0: totally. Beautiful. Sorry, <laughs> but those sort of things happen all the time, anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of like yeah, it adds like a bit of like a character in humane so touch to him. It's a bit like, oh, all right, because please. I, I
2: quite, I don't mind this cue at all.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I don't mind this scene at all. Um, no,
0: I think it's quite
1: like a good cue scene. It's one of my favourites, I think.
2: Um, the big gadget you. is a pen, again with the Union Jack on it, because <laughs> spies really do pens. not give away who they work for.
1: No, they didn't give about endorsements.
2: <laughs> mm. And one of the things during the making of this film uh, that, that they said was, uh, as they were about to go to the Bahamas, they were a day or two away. And what, one, so I can't remember who said it to who. I think it might have been one of the writers to Schwartzman. He said, have you worked out yet why we're going to the Bahamas? And he said, well, and it's like, well, you better find out soon because we go in two days. Oh, and when you actually look at the Bahamas scene, it's kind of a bit pointless. Yeah, it's a bit kind
1: of thrown in there, literally, isn't it? Well, let's just do it.
2: let's do some glamour. film starts to have a few problems now because we're introduced to Nigel Small Fawcett. Bloody
1: hell.
2: Which I don't know <laughs> if that's meant to be a tiny penis joke, I'm not sure, <laughs> but it's played by Rowan Atkinson, and it's it really, to be... really yeah. fucking awful. It's meant to be I, I, funny. I this, is, I this is a Clement and Lafreni uh, thing as well.
0: I, oh, I don't imagined. particularly mind this and I I understand it's annoying, but I just I, it's just like his reaction of like Mr. Bond, Mr. Bond, and it's like oh like oh I'm meant to be secret undercover. Is that why he shouted my name across the thing?
1: That's a good line. I'm new to all this. Mm.
0: Damn you know, it's like
1: Damn
2: it. you know, I, And you everybody know, I, I wants to fuck James Bond instantly. He talks oh, for course. about two seconds to a woman on a boat and she's immediately onto him. <laughs> And then he goes, oh, the Barbara, the Barbara Carrera, sexy. Oh now, when they were at Shrublands...
1: Look, those dungarees, oh, my God.
2: Yes, when they were at Shrublands, uh, Jack Potachi sees someone at the window because Bond's spying and something goes wrong with the blind and he ends up getting spotted. Yeah. And he goes and hides in the shadow, but she's got some night vision gadget and she goes, oh, 007, because he's back to being a bit of a celebrity. Yeah, uh, everybody
0: knows it, wherever he uh, goes. She
2: works for Spectre, so it's quite possible, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so she goes to the Bahamas and just sort of happens by him
1: it's, mm-hmm. you
2: know no, I mean deli- accidentally on purpose sort of thing Yeah. and they decide to go down to see basically where they think the um, missile is
0: yeah I do like that line by the way oh no uh, I'm wet by my time my, my, my martini's still dry I like that line he delivers
2: it quite well it's just minding yeah. the whole film yeah, he delivers it. He delivers it a better. He's he's got a more easy rapport with the women here than perhaps he did during his initial run. I kind of quite like him here.
1: Yes, yeah, but they like... go
2: onto the ship ready to sort of dive down, and they have a sex scene that I'm sure the makers of Team America watched <laughs> before they filmed
1: theirs. Is it a bit like that? It's like oh,
2: it, it's cutaways to sort of slow motion fish. And then it cuts back to ever more sort of her leaning back and, uh, oh, it's fucking awful.
1: <laughs> Worst sex scene in a Bond film ever.
2: <laughs> Chris, your thoughts?
0: On the sex scene? Yes. Uh, I'm struggling to even remember it. It's that memorable. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe because I just switch off. Yeah,
1: it's kind of, sort of existent really, isn't it? It's pretty... It, it's, it's
0: it pretty much goes into like, oh, we're going to do some you know, swimming underwater. Oh, this bit's kind of slow. Yeah, you know, yeah. That kind of thing. Which we'll get to like, why the ending's a bit crap. Because, you know, again, it's like Bond underwater. Everything's slow. Oh. And you can't really oh. tell what's going on. So you can't really see who's who. And it just comes a bit, yeah, boring. Um, but this yeah, yeah an I, I, I kind of <laughs> switch off to, until things start to get a bit fun again for this.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's not... And again, she put some kind of receiver on his tank that attracts sharks.
1: <laughs> yeah, random sharks. And again, it's, it, it's...
0: He must have got it from Batman. So, like, it's you know, not where...
2: terrible, but it is... It is. We've got to film something today. It just feels like... I cannot imagine this was in a well-thought-out script. I think this is just... Doesn't
0: Bong actually kill it, a shark?
2: It's busy work. It does. Well, he that gets it, he throws a net on it effectively, doesn't he? But it's it's not a very good scene. And then he comes back up onto the water, and he's basically hooked by that woman he was talking to earlier, who joked she wanted to catch someone something six foot two at £190 oh, and one hundred and ninety pounds, and lo the whole she does. So, having basically flirted with her, gone and shagged Fatima, gone for a quick dive, and I mean in the water, um, <laughs> and then. He comes back out, goes straight, and basically has her straight away.
0: Is that Nicole, though?
2: Uh, No, it's not the agent. Oh,
0: okay. They
2: see the agent after they leave the Bahamas and go to Nice. Uh, But, yeah, so she basically... They go back to the hotel. Fatima spots he's still alive in dungarees. (laughs) Um,
1: Awful. Yeah. It's fashion. Well, it's not fashion.
2: He's wearing whatever he can, because... (laughs) He's got, he's a he, can't,
1: man.
2: he can't walk around in a wetsuit, so it's whatever's on her boat.
0: It's like the, it's the least... I don't but know it's like,
2: kidding. choose something else. It's
0: like when you envision... I, it's I, like... know. I guess it's just a sight gag, like, oh, <laughs> look at Bond, he looks like an idiot.
2: <sighs> okay.
0: Really? It's like when
2: you think so Bond, she you then think goes, Fatima, suits. having spotted he's alive, goes and puts a bomb in his bedroom, but he's now having sex with the other woman somewhere else. Valerie Leon. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like, there was no need for any of this.
1: Good
2: job, I thought of your going to your place, yeah. yeah. Great, it's like, sure. and when she, right, a, a bomb goes off in a in a, a suite across the other side of the pool, and she says, What's that? Proof we made the right decision. Surely everyone would be evacuated, not continuing to shack. <laughs> no, you wouldn't just go, Oh, look, a
0: bomb, anyway. has gone off that anyway.
1: Well, she's we?
0: midway, she midway through sex, so sometimes, it sometimes it's like, Um, well, I should be getting out, but. I'm just about to come, so... uh, Yeah, we'll we'll do that first, then
2: we'll... (laughs) Yeah, so they then head to Nice, which for a moment I thought was one of the laziest effects I'd ever seen. Because we (laughs) cut to a boat, right, and there's some water, and the water's not moving, and I'm like, that's really fucking lazy. Then the camera pans back, and it's actually a still picture with a Nice airport. (laughs) (laughs) That's alright, then.
1: It could actually be a still in the film, you never know.
2: (laughs) And he's met by Felix Leiter, and... Insert name of French agent.
0: What they Yeah, I know, but oh, she's never...
2: Nicole, Papa? She's a pointless character.
0: No, she's she's basically the the female agent in uh, in who get who gets killed. So it's basically her counterpart. Oh, Paula. Yeah.
2: Her. Yeah, I guess. But it was just, uh, yeah, it, it it's all got it's all got this sort of, pardon the pun, domino effect from Barbara Carrera signed on. When the script didn't give her much to do, she complained bitterly. Irving Kirshner promised rewrites coming, and it's almost like she's killed by she's there to be killed by Fatima, which is almost an output of they need to give Barbara Carrera something more to do because there's no real need to do any of that. And it's just I don't know. It's just the film's still doing okay, um, and we do get to we do get introduced to. Well, properly introduced, or reintroduced. We've met. Have we seen her before? We've seen Domino once, haven't we? We've had the yeah, when, um, we've Spies had the black light scene. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay. So <The> baby wipes. <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: So
0: we have the ballet, dan- uh, ballet dancing disco. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so Sean Connery now takes part in a massage scene, where for Again, once that, that one... place
1: doesn't have very good security. Cause he just he slips in there as, as a masseuse, and they think, oh. He doesn't
2: work here. I was like, what? He just goes in and says, do, do, do you service men or whatever it was you yeah, said? Yeah, like, do you serve men here
1: too? And he's like, yeah. yeah, some more than others.
2: Mm. Yeah, because she's immediately, it's, it's taken its cue from Eon at this point. Basically, this woman behind the counter has looked very briefly at a middle-aged man and decides <laughs> that she would fucking give him given the chance. And it would be appropriate dialogue for her to hint strongly at that. <laughs> right. And so he walks through and he starts mass- massaging Domino because he knows she's attached to Lager. Okay. Yeah. And what I love about I I've got a bit of a mi- mixed feelings about this scene because at the end of it having given her this massage, he walks off, she finds out that he wasn't working there. And she flashes this coy smile, and I'm like, "Well, that that's very sweet, but you have just been sexually assaulted."
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, hey, but, hey, <laughs> yeah you you, you would be more disturbed by what's just happened. Yeah, you You'd be like, just, oh, particularly as when she said "lower,"
2: he was like, he, he was not only reaching for her bum, and to Connery's credit as an actor, he looks genuinely a bit out of his depth at that point. He's a bit like, "Fucking hell, really?" Like, what do you know? Oh my god! But as he's leaning forward, her hands are coming off the sort of front of the table by his crotch is pressing up against their hand <laughs> and it's just goes on a bit long as well
1: he, he lifts the towel up doesn't he and he gets a right eyeful he just he cops an eyeful he's just no shame in it he's like alright let's have a look it's like what oh, the hell
2: he does but he, he, he pulls <laughs> so, in the media he's, it's very Richard Richard from bottom he's like
0: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know she happily sort of gives a, a member of staff information or, or, or someone she thinks as a member of staff you know, like, oh, 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 tell me about your brother, tell me about your boyfriend. Oh, really? You Okay, that's interesting. Okay.
1: She's quite open with this information, she
0: doesn't care yeah. tells.
2: Mm. Happy endings all round. <laughs> 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 so now Bond gets uh, word that there's, she basically tells him there's a...
1: Yeah, charity do. A
2: charity do that night. Uh, and this is where this scene really shows its age. He turns up to this event, and it's got probably the best joke in the film. I do like the joke with the bomb.
0: I, what, the martini still I, dry? I do... I. Do you not feel sorry for the guy? Because he's just a guy who works there. It literally just like, right, you've got to stay there for like two, two or three hours it holding boom. this thing. No lateral which movement. Must, no lateral with, movement, yeah. With much... Which has to kill. That, that's quite... Yeah. He, he punches him in the gut first and tells him right like, pulls a gun on him and tells him like, right, hold this or, it's, or you're going to die basically he's there terrified yeah. for like 2 hours i was thinking what this guy done he's not like a henchman right. or anything It's he's... a
2: cigar case and again it's yeah. like we got we ought to put a joke here it, it's this film it's is quite, quite like... self consciously sort of trying to stitch itself together
1: yeah we need some a funny moment here so let's just shove one in you know the thing, even the things
2: i thought of in this scene though was sort of observations is Kim Basinger's character looks very like she's dressed and styled very like Liesl in this Yeah.
1: Scene.
2: Um also they seem to have it's a black tie event in the smokiest room in the world.
0: <laughs> and the also
2: they've got arcade games there.
0: It was the 80s. It's, it's really, really. No. They, that place looked awesome when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah so and cool. we're not
2: just talking about domination. We're talking about the game domination. <laughs> we're talking
0: about. <laughs> we are playing for there, are like, okay, there are like.
2: They are like. In this posh casino, there are like arcade rooms.
1: That's really random. It's just it's so in, well not an So You can script, play but...
2: Frogger. <laughs> and uh, he apologises to her and says, "I owe you an explanation. Can I buy you a drink?" He says the Bond-James Bond line, says it quite nicely, and basically does kind of explain
0: who he is.
1: He doesn't order a vodka martini shake and not start, though, does he? He says, Valkan rocks. So... Yeah, he doesn't
0: even... Um, you know, doesn't even... Probably writes though. Sorry? It's probably rights, though. It it might, right... I don't
2: know. I would imagine that. That could be an evil thing. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's an okay thing it, it,
0: it, it might have been a choice where we're like we can't push it too much, so let's just do just enough what we need rather than mm. yeah but than
1: over I, I get too much
0: hmm.
2: Yeah, and so, um, we do get we we get introduced to Brandauer again, who knows who he is, they know who each other you know they know who they are. And they go off to play domination, which I originally, when I was trying to remember this film, called Stratjamer. Then I realised that's an episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> uh, very similar context, though. Uh, very similar idea. But,
1: um... And it's quite sneaky as well. The way he kind of he introduces, he's like, "Oh, by the way, there was electric shock. You know, I, I forgot to tell you about that." But mm. and it's just like bastard, you know.
0: <laughs> shall, shall we begin? Yeah. Very. Like... Very quick. The way he kind of like when he when he when he loses, eventually he loses, he kind of just like sort of blows his look, tips his fingers like, like, yeah.
1: Just
0: has a nice little.
1: It's, it's very cool about it. It's just
0: like oh, yeah.
1: What's but, but,
0: but 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 he he does really does really good really good at. He can tell he's really pissed off. Yeah. But yeah he but yeah he's still calm and kind of, you know it, it's very subtle and it's it you know you know, seen yeah, that, money. yeah, definitely. Like you know, are you uh, as gracious as uh, a winner as a, a loser? <laughs> mm. Well, I have lost, so uh, yeah, and that's it. Yeah, very kind of you need to tell he's annoyed.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and he's invited to the uh, flying saucer the next day, isn't he? Yes,
0: yeah,
1: yeah flying yeah.
2: saucer being the name of the overland in this film, so his boat.
1: Who he ends up in kind of like Terry uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: Got a bit of a Goldfinger I
1: was going to say famous like uh, career at least one mm. suspect bathroom, which looks very dodgy. Um But I kind of going on from the um, from the domination scene, like the, no the tango scene. At <laughs> least one of the most like dodgy, well not dodgy, but kind of throwaway lines in the film, like where they're dancing the tango and he's like, "Your brother's dead. Keep dancing." It's just like what? Yeah, it's just ridiculous
0: um, no, I don't mind it because it's like, this one chance to talk to her kind of like without people initially like eavesdropping you know so I don't mind it I think it's quite good but uh, yeah because they
2: yeah. have to kind of hide in plain sight she's being quite mm. closely watched Yeah. so anything he... he tells her is kind of in front of people so you may as well do it when it's blaring music and your heads and mouths and the ears are sort of moving close together and apart and
1: Exactly, but yeah, it seems think, to be that particular scene. It seems to be kind of a, yeah. a little consequence, really.
2: It came very close to the, the thing. Is it, I mean, Sean Connery took dance lessons for it, and apparently, he's not a natural dancer by any means. If Bond dances, if this draws a laugh, it kills the film.
1: I I, I don't even know that, to be honest. I mean, I I, I can't dance, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to comment on the dance. Well, no, comedy. I'm
2: not I'm not talking about breaking it. I'm just talking about as a layman as you watch it. If that yeah. makes you laugh, it's going to damage the film.
1: It's just that, that and and it gets can't.
2: away with it. It's okay.
1: No, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's just that particular line I always find um, slightly jarring, because it's just of no consequence and you think, mm. Mm. Never mind.
2: Where do they go from here? What's next?
1: Urgh.
0: Anyway, yeah. Motivite, Motivite quite Jace. close to
2: Fatima's end, because after he beats him at the game and the dancing and all the rest of it he does give
0: he basically gives Fatman of a chance to kill bond really
1: yeah yeah There's, i think motorbike what chase was pretty impressive i think it, we got a random jazz score
2: the score is <laughs> Dude, so ridiculous great ridiculous
0: bits little to like <laughs> well, uh. <Following>? that's
2: the one <laughs> that's <how laughs> it goes. It really does sound like that but awesome. then we know Chris has got the voice of an angel. He can mimic anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's a really good motorcycle chase, but you do wonder why she's gone there and done that. It just seems to, to drag him into. Well, I suppose it's to drag him into the chase. And suddenly, you know, he's born to the thing of the day. You know, it's
1: Street Hawk. It is a bit of a Street Hawk, side, <laughs> isn't
2: it? I think Street Hawk was a bit later than this, actually. But it's not a bad chase. It's not a bad sequence. No, there's are
1: yeah. quite good chase sequences, and this is one of them, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I remember this being like kind of like fun, and it could But I think the most memorable thing it does, it does end on a good note with uh, Fatima, uh, tra- like uh, trapping him in the odd cave thing. I don't know, I forgot where what it was. Yeah, I know.
2: The, the, another bit that doesn't make sense. They just they they're trying to give a like. I mean, the funny thing we skipped over it at the time she killed Jack Pitacci by right? sort of throwing a snake at him.
0: Yeah. And you oh, just think, yeah.
2: You just think like.
0: And, th- and then puts a bomb at the crash car. Yeah, and you then, just like, think, right,
2: you follow him, know where he is. Put a bomb under his car before he gets in it.
1: Yeah, well, why bother with the snake? Don't throw your
2: like... fucking snake at him.
1: Wasn't that, wasn't that in Thunderball as well? Oh, it's like, just that weird. Another film, it's very, very strange, kind of very twisted, a little bit kinky.
2: The way it's done in this film is not clever, though.
1: It's just kind of strung together. And you think, Yeah,
2: what? and it does strike of, like, making things up as you go along. Uh, this film, I mean, they they, they would have, J- Jack Swartzman had no experience as a producer, so you'd have things not turning up for the day. This bike was supposed to be tricked out a certain way. It wasn't. Oh. And he didn't have the right contacts in the business. He didn't have the right contracts in place. Things were late. Everything was running over. Um, Sean Connery claims, and he's not notably a liar, that he effectively ended up producing this. Um, because he was the only one who sort of knew what he was doing. Um, So all the way through, the director's not getting what he wants. So scenes that work, kind of work in spite of themselves. And, I mean, it's like they get to this cave. She demands he writes down that she's the best sex he's ever had,
0: which is bizarre, because where is she going to
2: present that scrap of paper?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think it's probably for her own ego, but I like the idea of, like, when they're talking about... um, Bonds talk about his memoirs, like he's just gonna st- go, <laughs> I'm gonna retire and sell my some because <laughs> yeah. I'm famous, I'm gonna talk about being a spy yes, and, and, you've and probably talk about things that are clearly classified. Well, number one was
2: <laughs> Number one was Fatima <laughs> Blush. Yes. It was a bit like Team America minus the Goth <laughs> Shower. And it's...
0: But I I I love his love his story like well there was just one girl in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, was Who life. was that? Who
2: was that? But, right. She had the gun pointed at him. She could fire at any time. And after all of this, Felix wanders out and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I've been watching all the time."
1: So why do not you come in and help then? It's like
2: you fucking you are making this up as you go along. Yeah. And then they strip off and find a push bike.
1: randomly. <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> no. think of this Felix, is, by the way, heard me say they strip off and find a push bike. <laughs> I'm not suggesting nude cycling here, but they pretend to be like athletes in training, so they're
1: like vest and shorts sort of thing. Yeah, Felix is the boxer and Sean's the trainer going,
0: uh, duh, uh, duh. Uh, but, what what, uh, what, do we think of uh, Felix Leiter in this? A
1: bit of a non-entity.
0: Really? It's Felix Leiter? Uh, no, still, no, it's Felix. It's still he's but, still he's better, better than always... John Terry. But no, this is...
2: This is no. They try... I mean, the reason he was uh, cast—they cast a black man—was to try to get him to stand out, and it was Sean Connery's choice because he said, "This character is just not resonating in any films he appears in." So he's not bad, but he's he's pointless again, Uh, you know. And one of the big scenes he turns up in is. Oh yeah, was well, studio watching while well, you nearly got your nuts shot off. But <laughs> like, well thanks then Felix central so thanks, to the f- central to the big plan as ever.
1: Thanks for nothing.
2: Yeah. And the Barbara Carrera's character dies at about just shy of an hour and a half. And yeah. as with Fiona in the first film, the film kind of dies with her.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's kind of like the main. I mean, that's what I think like Fiona Volpe is such a memorable character because she is so OTT. Mm-hmm. Um and she's like, you know, she's, she's committed to a villainy as well. She's like, oh, you know, woman makes up to Bond and she expects to hear Heavenly Choir singing. Well, not this one. Um, and, Barbara, you know, Barbara Carrera is exactly the same. She's like, well, oh, this is it. This is my mission. I'm out. out to be as ravishing as I can, blah, blah, blah. And I just think, oh, that's why she's so memorable.
2: That's my mission. I'm failing at it really badly.
0: <laughs> the thing she has this weird kind of like, oh, I want to kill Bond. I've got a hard on to kill Bond. But at the same yeah. time, I kind of want to fuck him again. In this yeah. clip, it's it's weird, a, kind of twisted, deluded kind of way, like, all the time.
2: Yeah, providing he writes down, I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the best bestest ever. in stuff.
0: I think that's just her uh, being fucking mental. Yeah, she does like...
2: come off as pretty psychotic, but she's and and crazy. it works for the most part. But because a lot of the script isn't worked out, they've kind of they use her slight madness to cover the fact that some of what she does doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, and that's
2: actually just shit writing. But she is a really strong character in the film. She had a blast making it. Apparently, she got on really well with Connery. Loved working for Kirshner and her Did she in-
0: get a, a nomination for this as well? She got a
2: Golden Globe nomination for this. Oh, good. Um, and it's one of those performances I don't quite know what to make of. I think it borders on too much, but I kind of I do miss her when she's gone. And the film doesn't know what to do after that. I mean, they've stolen two missiles. They found out one of them is under the White House, or at least in Washington somewhere. I think it's under the White House. And the other one is in the Middle East somewhere. And basically, Bond has a shower, and just after that, he's, he gets like word from M or something that they've sorted the first one out. Yeah. And you think, well, that's not very fucking cinematic, is it?
1: No. <laughs> Explain the plot through dialogue. It's
2: like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that would
1: have been a much more interesting film, perhaps, if they got to... You know, gone to Washington and had to do, had to find that bomb rather than sort off to the Middle East. Do you think, what? Rash and so.
2: And the Middle East stuff all looks like levels of Tomb Raider, the original one. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> not. Yeah, for the film from here on, it's not very good. Where do we actually go immediately after Fatima dies? Is it Domino and Bond, like, showering?
0: It's on the. Um, onto the boat, isn't it, again? Yeah, it's. The goal is while Bond tries to um, sneak on the boat, but he gets caught and he gets, like,. Um, entertained as you will. Yeah. And then that, that's where he kind of like. Oh, is
2: that where he kisses his Domino? Yeah. To yeah. get a reaction. Yeah. And the reaction isn't it's... masturbation as I'm sure he was hoping. No. <laughs> the reaction is was, i would have to pick up an axe. And... Yeah, and I think he sells this scene. I actually. I could imagine people watching this and thinking that this is over the top. It's ridiculous. I think it's fantastic. I think Brando was really good here.
1: No, he is really good there, isn't he?
2: And course, he goes. In, he finds his little. Cu- he finds his little wank cupboard, oh. doesn't he? And he gets in there. I'm
1: never going to watch this film in the same way again. Now.
2: Yeah, just this and Majesty. So it's not. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't ruin much of your childhood stuff.
1: I'll never watch this film in the same way again. I'll never look at her uh, roles in the same way again.
2: Yeah, I know. And you won't trust anyone on like a tanoy on a boat. What the fuck are they know. up to <laughs> it? And and uh, particularly if they're by a dance studio. Yeah,
1: looking and out you, for that two-way Why mirror? has he
2: designed the boat that way? <laughs> just thinks. Well, if I get a fit young girl, I can. Oh god. I
1: could just, you know. Whew.
2: So what does he go in there for, Connery? He goes in there to find something out.
1: Probably to have a phone call with Owen to go. Oh, you know, we found the found the missile.
2: Right. So he gives. Yeah. yeah.
1: I was kind of zoned out at this point because literally, I, I agree. Like as soon as as soon as they do away with Fatima, it's literally just it just crumbles away.
2: They've really worked it out from here on in as well, and they try no. and do action. The action's not very good either. What did no. you think, Chris?
0: I. I... I do. I. 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 I still. I'm still with it. I'm still enjoying it. But um, the plot isn't kind of. It's not. It's not interesting. I think that's probably fundable. Mm-hmm. Like the actual idea of the plot itself, which is, which should be kind of like engaging. It should be like, oh fuck, how the fuck are they going to stop these nuclear warheads or, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it just, you just kind of like just zone out, just go like because e-
2: they're e- secondary; they're not actually really central. The board. like I say, yeah. he finds out on the phone one of them sorted. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: and and I, think- I mean, I mean, to be
0: honest, the the, the, the reason why I'm watching this now is uh, is is, uh, uh, is well, how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, Bodo
2: or Sheldon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which one is
0: it? No, you no, no. no uh, lo- 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 it's basically for Largo. Basically, I, I watched it. For, yeah, it's like it's that campy kind of, Margo, Yeah, yeah, it, that. That kind of thing I'm, I'm really watching it for that um and he's you know and again he takes uh domino easily pretty much ditches her straight away mm. uh he goes like oh, well i'm just gonna sell you off to some sneezy that's <laughs> horrible to, he ties her, he ties her up
1: and basically mm. people kind of like you know put their bids in it's like what the hell
0: yeah and mean that, that nice little sort of sly touches that plays the music that she practices too is like I thought you yeah found this amusing.
1: that's clever i mean yeah he does he, i do I feel really bad kind of like slating him earlier he's put in quite a scary performance but I'm forever comparing him to Lago and Thunderball oh, I, just prefer
2: to, I prefer him to Thunderball's Lago
1: yeah that's it and I've got big trouble with that because I, yeah. I've seen him in other, other things and he's such a great actor and really comes he's
2: divisive role. though because mm-hmm. I've heard people whose opinion I trust who think he's an embarrassment in this film so he is very divisive, but I really yeah, like, like a him.
1: He's person, but I, I, I rate him as an actor. Uh, yeah. I think he's a bit iffy in this role. But yeah, I do, I do think there are some scenes where he is genuinely chilling and he's very slimy. Yeah. And yeah, his treatment of Dominic at the end is like, well. I,
0: I, I think probably with his
1: the character. best
0: kind of description of his character, really, is the bit where he tells Domino to. He, he gives her, like, the present, which is, like, this big, statue. Oh, yeah, green statue. Statue that's, like, that's like sh- extremely valuable for or whatever. A- and he just kind of, like, just breaks it up. You just sort of, like, playfully... This like is what I mean,
2: though, it. about threads being dropped, because, uh, I mean, yes, the... What's it called? Tears of Allah. Tears of Allah yeah. He gives her early in the film. They don't develop that properly. I know it does have an ongoing thing, but it's not very well figured out.
1: Now, they, they use it as a map, don't they? But it's kind of vaguely referenced, and you think, oh, yeah, it's really underdeveloped.
2: It's very under... you know, And it's like, you know... The, the, the next set of writers come on board and they forget that bit.
1: You can kind of tell where each one is like, um, like AI. Um, you can tell, you can see the join between Kubrick and Spielberg. Um, it's, it's a wonderful film. I enjoy it, love it very much. Um, but with this one, you can see where each set of writers come in and come out again.
2: Sort of, yeah. A little sort bit of. Off,
1: it still yeah, hangs places. together
2: all right, but yeah, yeah, that necklace but you... was built as a as a major thing. And in most film structures, that would have been like some reveal in Act 3. And they kind of gloss it here.
1: Yeah.
2: And Bond gets imprisoned, and they never take his watch off.
1: <laughs> Laser watch. Yeah. They didn't explain to him. As I like... love
2: that scene with him, though, where he goes, well, you were a really good agent, and Connery's like, oh, shucks. Oh, thanks. thank you. <laughs> I love Fuck. that. Oh. He's great in this film, Connery. He genuinely is. He's
0: on a great old time, isn't he, with mm-hmm. him? Yeah, I think he's kind of like reminiscing a little bit. It's like, oh, you know, and I, I, you know, I didn't really lot of leave on the best of terms. It's nice to kind of come back and kind of, you know,
2: it's almost like a decade later. He thought, actually, I miss the old boy. Yeah,
1: yeah exactly. I mean, that, yeah, that that kind of line of dialogue, you know, you're a great secret agent. That is that is a nod to Connery's career as Bond, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: it's nice. Oh well, have... yeah, but to to go back back to uh, Largo, I think he's like when he drops the statue, and you know, Domino tells me you're crazy. He goes like. Yeah. Maybe yeah, a little bit. <laughs> uh and then just kind of like just brush it off almost if he's like, Yeah, well you know, it, it just kind of it really sells that character and he's like he is just, just completely off the wall and just Isn't evil. Yeah. Uh so yeah I, I I'm with Dave, I really I really, I prefer this logo to the Thunderball logo. <laughs>
1: If like, had, had Crystal Walken not played Zorin and had Brando played Zorin, that would have been cracking, I would imagine.
0: Yeah,
2: like I say, you could, you could certainly have him and Barbara Carrera playing those roles.
1: Yeah, the ultimate mental people. <laughs> have, what, and not have Crystal Walken?
2: Oh, no, I'm not suggesting that's what I'd oh, like, but... but I'm saying they remind me of those two. And yeah. uh, if you were to recast, provided you didn't go for Mayday based on the description of Grace Jones. Hmm she could step in as a Mayday-type character quite easily. Oh, definitely. Now, did you notice the worst fucking special effect ever committed to a big-budget film?
0: The, the the jumping off horse? Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. That
2: is terrible, isn't it? I was
1: just concerned for the horse the whole way. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm glad to see it
0: survive.
2: Well, even though it was fucking matted in and clearly not...
0: What? <laughs> even it was a Which bit 80. concerned
2: you?
1: <laughs> when did you think
2: yeah that's a horse falling
1: <laughs> i just saw it swimming along afterwards and was like oh god but yes did you think the my-
2: horse really fell like 400 feet or whatever it was
1: no <laughs> no it's terrible that is the very i think that the the 80s like cgi what it sounds of like, cgi um the arc oh, well, like the warhead warhead oh, i can't remember what it was called now um missile vision do you see things from the missiles point of view as they're flying through the air that's really oh, when about...
2: the missiles were flying that reminded me of um <laughs> the flying cars in like back to the future yeah and, and the bit where biff drops that um not biff griff drops <laughs> the um uh hoverboard the real like powered up one
0: yeah it's like... i say i say that warhead bit was probably the most dating thing of the film it's
2: like oh okay. What more than the more than the um, casino full of arcade games? Yeah, because that
0: oh. that has the you can even have that as a kind of like oh that's very kitsch. Oh that's oh cool.
2: I see yeah you could you could even have that now yeah yeah all right okay.
1: Yeah it's like now it's kind of retro isn't it yeah. pretty much? Yeah. Like, whereas in the eighty three it was cutting edge.
2: You know I had a I, I I thought of the thing you should never think. I mean I thought of Superman three when I saw Brad obviously, but I thought, of Super, <laughs> I thought about Superman four when those warheads flew overhead. Because they flew over those kids, and those kids didn't even fucking look. And you think, that's really lazy. And there's a bit in Superman 4, and we'll cover Superman down the line, but there's a bit where he he does this action sequence on the metro, which is definitely the London Underground. And uh, he flies down like a tube tunnel past a load of passengers waiting on the platform, and none of them turn their head to look. Because he superimposed on afterwards and the director was too shit or lazy to go turn your heads right now. And uh yeah, it reminded me of that. So you can see some of these things were done in a hurry or changed in post production.
0: It could have been that Superman was just too quick that people didn't notice.
2: Have you seen Superman 4?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's not he's not racing. No. <laughs> Oh god. I I I I've I've got a funny thing to say about Superman 4 but <laughs> you want to
2: hold it till we get there. Will you remember it when it's like middle of next year?
0: Write it down now. Yeah, I you know I I I've already said it before on, on a podcast but yeah. All right. I, yeah,
2: it's
0: Super, Superman's a bit of a twat in that film but anyway. Yeah. We
2: we are uh, it's a short series Superman if we only cover up to say Returns so we haven't totally decided that yet. But if we were to, I think it's the one f- sort of really short series we do a commentary on. Because you've got to commentate on Superman 4. It's
0: hilarious.
2: <laughs> it's dreadful, but it's, really it's funny.
0: It's, it's one of my uh, first memories going to the cinema that I know i definitely watched. Oh. Right, yeah. Yeah,
2: it, it's not good. But, it uh, is terrible. But yeah, this film shouldn't be reminding you of stuff like that. But there <laughs> you go. And it's not like this film was made on the cheap. This had a, a double the budget of Superman 4 four years before. So it's not terrible but as we get to this point in the film I'm not interested they they jump off they jump off uh, they jump off a building on a horse in one of the worst special effects you'll ever see and they survive that and then i don't know diving or some shit and that's kind of how the film is they they go they've got to stop this final bomb so they have a terrible shootout on the set of Tomb Raider <laughs> and it's a really He's bad thinking. shootout, and then they go and basically do this really lacklustre <laughs> diving sequence.
0: See, now this shootout is is particularly the scene that I remember watching when I was very young on the TV, and this is what I think when I think of what the first Bond film you saw, and I think about to
2: and it could have been this,
0: and and it well, yeah. it's not definite, but it's it's like it's the one memory I have when I was. When I was very young, watching Bond, and this was, and this was, this was it. This was I, definitely. I think the bit one.
2: I remembered of this film was was the um, was the bike and the end of Fatima. I, th- I think that's the bit that mm. stuck out to me, and that that and the opening sequence.
0: So yeah, it's a bit. Again, it's underwater.
2: Trying to do action sequences over water never, underwater it never seems to work too well.
0: No, especially when it's your main climax, and it's it's the bit where that. Oh, you got to fight the main villain, and you can't quite tell what it is. Cause I think it's important that when you have the like the fight with the villain, you need to kind of like see him regularly to have that kind of like initial impact. It can't be kind of covered by mask underwater. You mm. need to kind of have you need to have that kind of what's the word I'm looking for? You need to make, that, yeah, you need yeah. to make that connection. Yeah, you need to make that a bit of a personal connection to like no right well this happened you know and and it's cut and dry and you get more satisfaction out of it this isn't satisfying to me another Um,
2: another story Kirshner told about the chaos of the making of this film was when they were I think it was in the Bahamas he sent off like a second unit to capture some underwater photography of a Sean Connery lookalike so he said you know get get a Sean Connery lookalike go down there film some underwater stuff but that person went and got a photo of him in Thunderbolt. Oh. So you've got a photo of an eighteen years younger man. Oh. And the person who shot it looked exactly like Sean Connery in nineteen eighty three. So they had to go and reshoot it with that guy instead. And it's just it's just a chaotic production, you know, Kirshner kept getting back footage that wasn't what he asked for and so on. But yeah, the the, the ending is really, really throwaway. And uh, this film is, yeah, this film sort of dies when Fatima blush does. But until that point, apart from the fact you can nitpick every scene, I mean, you really can. It's not bad.
0: Hmm. I mean, I still don't know why Domino is with the (laughs) Felix and all that lot. All of a sudden, just turns up and shoots Slargo. There's no reason for her to be there. Yes,
2: you can imagine the CIA briefing that morning. Have we got everything we need? Fit blonde with no training? Check.
0: <laughs>
2: uh,
1: yeah, it... yeah. Well, she's the one that pulls the trigger as well, isn't it? So it's pretty
0: awesome. at, at least in the original Thunderball she was actually held captive at the time. So yeah. it, it makes sense that she would be there. And then when she does eventually shoot Largo, it's, mm. you know, there's reason for it. But here, it's just like, oh, 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 alright, okay, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, she's plot- it would have been plot- better if plot- she'd
2: plot- been killed <laughs> by a parrot turned informant. Parrot turned informant.
0: it
1: was a kiss. <laughs> Yeah, oh,
2: and then it cuts immediately. Like we look at Largo. Uh, sorry, we look at Domino, and then we cut immediately to her diving into the pool. At their like house in the Bahamas, so she's now like living with Bond
0: or something. Wearing a brilliant swimsuit. I, I do like that tiger face
1: <laughs> swim costume
0: that she wears. Chris I actually, I actually, actually, no. This dates the film.
1: <laughs> Very 80s swim costume. I wish I had it. Mm.
2: <laughs> Rowan Atkinson turns up again. And, Mr. and quotes something that this M would never fucking say. <laughs> M says the future of the civilised world, fuck off. He never said that. <laughs> he probably said, get that fat twat back. But there
1: yeah, you go. like, right, OK, you saved the world. I've got to offer you, not a knighthood, not retirement, but lunch at my club. And it's like, oh, what? I'd be like, screw you, you know, I quit.
2: Well, that's a principled stance, Becca. And we respect. <laughs>
1: I'm not born, I'm not so I'm free to see these things. You know? No, I
2: know. It, it's just, yeah, It's. A, I really don't like Rowan Atkinson's character in this. I think the thing that I, I was concerned about before we did this podcast is whether we had enough to say. Now, what we've said will go out, and we're perfectly happy with what we've said. But looking at the time now, it's running a little short, and it's running a little short because a lot of this film's just there, and the last sort of quarter of it's not very good. No, I think
1: we've, we've said as much as we can, mm. uh,
2: you know,
1: at... Uh, we spoke I, can, about, you know? I guarantee
2: we will say more about A View to a Kill.
1: Oh. <laughs> We're doing commentary
0: as well. We are. Oh, yeah. Yes. Excellent. I want
2: as much of the Dream Team as I can get.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I wish they are they're not, they're not, not in it that much. Dream
2: Team. They can make a little go a long way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a spin off of Bond and Tibbet. That would have been amazing. Just the you know him him playing the Lord and then replacement
2: them. files <laughs> would not got... knee <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> sorry Patrick new knee
1: <laughs> Patrick new knee bless him <laughs> oh dear uh, oh, they're just so funny it's a really good pairing especially because they were mortability
2: scooter yeah we're going to have a lot more to say about this So, the fact is this isn't a Bond film and the thing I think we've, I mean, we've obviously explained all the way through that this isn't an Eon productions film, it misses it it misses those little Eon touches, it misses the gun barrel, it misses, I mean go watch the trailer for this film it's, it's, just, it's, trailer, uh, it's just ridiculous, it's a product of its era so I'm not going to knock it too hard but Bond trailers of the era looked a bit more classic than this So it's got a terrible score. It doesn't have a gun barrel. That's not the end of the world, but it doesn't have a decent song or or a title sequence, or and it really misses those little bits from the score all the way through.
0: They tried to get the the John Barry to actually do the score for this as well, didn't they? But he 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 rejected it. Well, he declined because he's like, no, I have ties with Eon, so I'm going to respect. Yeah, you almost sidestepped that one.
2: Mm. Hmm. I would have been interested to see what James Horner might have come out with, because I really like his Ralph Kahn score, which is only the year before. Um, yeah,
1: I like um, James Horner as a, as a composer as well. Was, yeah. Like, um,
2: but there's only so much you can do. It's like I said at the outset, this film is a miracle, given what they went through. When they wrote things in the script, it had to go via Sean Connery, who had script approval, the producer, um, Jack Swartzman, it had to go via Irving Kirshner as the director and then it had to go to a team of lawyers to check it was sort of compliant with the ruling and so every, there was never any speed to anything they were doing, everything was being bogged down in legalese and, and everything they're writing they're second guessing whether it's alright and, and then it goes through several checks and that, the answer to that might be this: we can't use this and so to get an even remotely cohesive film out of this is a bit of a miracle. It's saved, really, by an excellent Sean Connery performance. And you really realise how much you missed him. I didn't like him in his 40s in this role. He was he'd lost interest and he was playing it like a right misanthrope. But Connery in his 50s is actually really good. And I would take him over Roger Moore and I would take this over Octopussy.
0: I think what helps as well, I think I've said it before, is like that the play's age in here as well. They acknowledge the fact that he's old and out, and out of shape. And, and he's just kind he of looks like a bit beautiful. of a relic. So, you know, they, they do, like, yes, he does still look old, but they do play with it. Like, they do acknowledge it in the film, which kind of helps.
2: He's semi-retired, and yeah. yes, he does knock people out, and, does, and yes, he does have a ridiculous level of attraction to women, but he doesn't do anything really outlandish in terms of physicality in this role, and um, yeah, I, I think I think it's a good performance, Sean Connery hated making the film, and he hated making this film because he and Jack Swartzman didn't get on, because Sean Connery is not someone you want to work with if he thinks you don't know what you're doing, but the difference is because he's he's so involved and invested in making this film a success. He's more dialed into his performance than he was, and he he felt like uh, than he was in Diamonds, and he felt like he owed, you know, to get the film out. You know, he had to be professional, so he had a bad time, but it doesn't show in his performance.
1: But he didn't make a film after this.
2: He didn't make a film after this till like in the Name of the Rose, I think, which is three years later. Uh, He had a terrible time, Um, but it doesn't show. But again, like a lot of these films, a little bit tonally all over the place. I don't really know what Rowan Atkinson's doing in this film. I don't know what a, such a relief I don't know yeah, well, I know what I know what he's there for, but it doesn't really work. And you've got a really, really terrible M in this. Uh which is incredible from Edward Fox. He's a really decent actor. But on balance, I you know I sat here and I, admittedly I wasn't in the best of moods for various reasons, but I sat here and absolutely destroyed Doctor and I I thought I would do this. I thought this would be down there with like diamonds. Well, it's not going to be that high up. It lost you know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The ending's rubbish. It doesn't have the Eon touches. But I actually kind of found a way to quite enjoy, it, and it didn't feel. It didn't feel a chore to watch it again. It wasn't. Oh my god, I've got to watch this again. It's alright.
1: Yeah, I'd kind of rate it the same. I mean, it's not. It's not um, the best of a movie, but by no means is it the worst. But it's like, yeah, it's okay. It's it's a mess. It's a completely not a mess. Mm. But it's it's a fun mess. So it's it's a good entertainment to watch. And Connery's really having a good time. Um, Edward Fox is wildly miscast. Um, Alan McCowan is is LG. Um he's a detective in Frenzy, which if we, if we do cover Hitchcock movies, hopefully we'll we'll do that at some point.
2: If we cover Hitchcock, we're covering Frenzy because it's in the masterpiece collection.
1: Yeah, definitely, we've got to do yeah. it. So one yeah. my favourite Hitchcocks, but anyway, that's by the by. Um there's a, it's a mess, but it's it's an enjoyable mess. But the real question is, which do we rate highest octopusy or never say never again?
2: Never say never again for me by, well, by a fucking distance.
1: <laughs> well that's a shocker.
2: I know. <laughs> no da, da, understand. Well, the thing is, right, I mean, and I know it became a bit of a catchphrase last week and we joked about it. They are both too old, but the way they handle Connery's age is better. And Connery convinces me still at 53 that he can kill you. Uh, Roger Moore doesn't convince me of that, that age. It's really strange. He's He lost that Fountain of Youth kind of overnight, even through Moonraker. I thought, yeah, you look all right. And then he was sort of on the cusp in For Your Eyes Only. And by his last two, it just seems like the most wildly inappropriate casting. And whilst I think if, if he was ever to have made a series out of, an alternate Bond series, I don't think starting with Sean Connery was the way to go. He is by far the best thing about this film. Whereas Roger Moore fucks Octopussy right in the ass. And that's probably just him and Maud Adams.
1: <laughs> no, is too old. I mean, we sort of commented... So much about how how old is I think Avito Kilt, he is he's pushing 60 and, and it shows but I think obviously casting somebody like Tanya Roberts doesn't help um on many levels <laughs> but um yeah
0: well in the no,
2: commentary no, would, we'll
1: really But have seen ever again would you reckon
0: I don't know I'm I'm torn between the two mm. so I still I you know I'm I'm unlike Dave I I still enjoy octopussy Bossy. Uh, there's there's a level of fun with it for me, uh, uh, and I kind of feel the same about this. You know, it again, it's it. it I, I like that. It's just like it's an offshoot bomb film that isn't canon. It just exists. Mm. So I I just like it. I like it. it's just like a oh, slight return for Connery, um, a, a chance for him to end on good terms, and well, in terms of his performance anyway, at least uh, I like the villain. I think there's stuff to enjoy there. Um. So yeah, I I do I do enjoy I I do enjoy Never Say Never Again. I. It's not perfect. It. It's nowhere near as good as, like the top, the top half of the of Bond films. But it's. It's mean it's like dead last. It's you know it it, it gets by far for me.
2: I prefer it to Diamonds Off Forever.
0: I well, quite yeah. com- well.
2: No, it's I, easy to say, but a lot of the things we were complaining about on Diamonds was. He now looks too old in the role, and now he comes back, what is it, 12 years later. You would think that would be a complaint, but he's far better in this film. I
0: I think the problem with Diamonds is that he just clearly didn't give a shit, and no one else seemed to give a shit in Diamonds, and that was the key problem. Mm. And it's it's an ugly film as well. Like, if, if, if he, yeah, he might have been looking, yeah, exactly. And plus also, if if Conroy turned up, so yeah, he's still looking too old, but kind of game, it, it would have worked out fine. It, you know, it just would have been all right. Well, he looks a bit old.
2: I think the difference is, as well, the bit that we bring with us that I don't think is, you can't help but see Diamonds as part of his initial run. I know there was a break for Majesties. But the fact is, he'd only been playing the role four years earlier. I mean, that's the different diff- distance in time between Quantum and Skyfall, um, and so it is shocking to see a guy in his original run, still in it, you know, only around the forty mark, suddenly look so different from Doctor No. Whereas, when you turn up in an unofficial Bond twelve years later, he's in his fifties; it's the eighties. He hasn't been at his peak in the role since the sixties. You much, I think we're much more inclined to like forgive the physical aspects.
1: You can let it, let it slide a little bit more, can't you? I think. Yeah,
2: absolutely. But yeah, he's a, he's actually in better shape in a lot of ways.
1: I would agree in terms of physicality. I think he's probably in better shape mm. than than Rodge at this point.
2: <laughs> but the thing is, he's he's aged his interpretation, and it isn't just. Chris alluded to it when he talks to M there's a calmness and a, a world weariness but still a bit of a twinkle there and that's not how he played the role in the 60s he no. evolved his take whereas Roger Moore's performances started to devolve even if you like Roger Moore he starts to devolve and broaden out and actually this film reminds me that like Sean Connery is James Bond
0: and not Roger Moore
2: and not Roger Moore, not and Roger. That, that's not. To, I've not Roger Moore a lot, but there's a couple of Roger Moore's films I really like, and he's not yeah. a problem in a, in a few more that I don't. Even though he he influences the tone, but at this point it's night and day. There's a couple of years between them, but one of them looks like a ridiculously old man with stupid hair, and the guy who doesn't actually have any hair looks right in the role. Still. With a wig, yeah.
0: Did, they don't to talk about the gratuitous sex and violence. He only kills about three people.
1: Yeah, it's not very gratuitous, is it?
0: It's not <laughs> at all.
2: Perhaps well, the
1: sex was, maybe, but perhaps not the violence. The sex
2: scene was funny. That's
0: the not very gratuitous really really either. Well, but he does, he, he does blow up Fatma though. So. Would do you say an explosive death?
2: She does. Um...
0: That's quite
1: that's, that's quite gratuitous actually. That is quite graphic. I think her death scene.
2: Well, no, it's actually quite comedic because at the end it's just a pair of shoes, just a
1: pair of high heels,
2: <laughs> smoking. It's like
1: smoking. It. Oh my god, that's not together. Okay, let's wrap this up then, shall we? Yeah,
2: absolutely. I can't wait because next week's a view to a kill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then after that will be a few uh, a few little commentaries and a, a music episode and, and maybe a little something else here and there. But then straight on to Dalton, baby.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We've got a com- We've got a view to a kill next week. We've got a commentary the week after. I think that actually gets into... The two commentaries get interrupted by Charlie and our schedule this time. It just, re- it just depends on availability of us, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, yeah, we do that and then we go on to Connery. So everything is all lined up. We've got view to a kill next week. We've got the uh, live and let die commentary the week after. And then we've got Charlie Brigdon back for a music episode. Uh, talking about 73 to 85, and then we commentate on A View to a Kill, which should be brilliant. It
1: should be hilarious. I'm really which looking forward to that, It should actually. be
2: absolutely fantastic, that episode. I can't wait. But I can't wait for next week's episode, because next week we get to commentate on an old man and his older mate. <laughs> and then he fucks a tree. <laughs> because Grace Jones was carved from oak.
1: Oh, dear, dear. Yeah, she's more she's more man than woman, isn't she?
0: She's like the Amazon woman. like I'm, I'll, I'll say it again next episode, but like the when I was looking for clips on YouTube, because uh, we, we, we decide like what clips we should use, like to to open the show of the film. Yeah, I was I was looking for suitable clips, and one of the ones was like the first time the Bond um, introduced himself to uh, to Stacy, and. That scene in isolation, Roger Moore looks like a pervy old sex pest, and yeah. Max Oren and Mayday look like they're generally just concerned about Stacey. Yeah, get him Stacey's away from like, her. yeah, <laughs> to, it. come on, it's, yeah.
2: It's Really, it's, it's... <laughs> you
0: know that scene. Nice, it's just it, you know, it, it's the it's the look in Roger's eyes that sells that he's trying to be sort of suave and charming and all this, <laughs> it and is. it just looks like. He's just got a complete erection and just, like, will shag anything. Like, it is That's just... my
2: problem with Roger Moore's Bond. The other thing is, when we talk <laughs> about Mayday, the scene where he stood on the, 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 Stacey, the scene he's talking about, Mayday sent over to split them up. Yeah. While she's listening to Bond and Stacey talking, Grace Jones is wearing the most vacant fucking expression you've ever seen. There's just no attempt to, like, act when it's not her line. you know, there is so much about that film that's dreadful.
1: And she has like a dodgy Russian accent as well, faux Russian accent that She's like, oh, go to the helicopter and it's just like what? Where's that come from all of a sudden?
2: Yeah, accents all over the place It's all over the shop But but it's quite an historic film because uh, General Gogol stood up in his only scene
1: (gasps) He actually stands up He actually stands up for an
2: entire scene and doesn't get a blowjob for that whole three or four minutes (laughs) Didn't see
1: Boobalovich under the desk. <laughs> yeah. I well,
2: assume that's what she's doing, you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh dear. Well, Dolph Lundgren had to get his Rocky four role somehow. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren's in that scene. Yeah, it's Dolph Lundgren. He, he was isn't dating it? Um, Grace Jones at the time. Uh, thank you. It's not a good film. I mean, I, I don't hate it the same way I hate Octopussy, just because I, I I just I've got a little bit more nostalgia for it, and there's a bit more, there's a few more things that stick out. But I'm not suggesting for a second it's a better film. Because it, it's a seriously old man and this film did not do Roger Moore any favours. The one we're, we've talked about tonight. Because Sean Connery comes back and he's just fucking better. Simple as that.
0: Didn't do the money though. Or wasn't as popular no, as... No, it Fox did wasn't. about
2: 160 million. Octopus he did in the 180s. But it was a solid hit. It was a, a mm. solid hit. It did fine. It actually opened bigger as well. It just didn't have the legs. And it is a mess. I mean, it is a mess. It's it's not a good film, and as I say, is there really any any excuse when you've been building up to this for nearly 20 years? And you're on set, desperately writing your script and trying to change things around?
1: No, it
2: sounds very chaotic. Eon can chuck out, whether you like them or hate them, depends on your personal taste, but Eon are chucking out perfectly serviceable Bond films every couple of years. Yeah,
0: this so one's kind of thrown together. Very Kevin possibly. Corey for his passion and and life and life goal to get Bond made. It's really the wrong person to get Bond because he never got it right.
2: No, and the thing is as well, you see him listed as executive producer. He handed over everything to like Swartzman. Kevin McClory did fuck all on this. You know, he was so desperate to run Bond and he actually paid a smaller role on this than he did on Thunderbolt.
1: That's a real shame, isn't it? For all the personal investment that that he put into it. They didn't actually kind of end up, you know, doing what he wanted to. Because this is yeah. his baby. And of course, he to.
2: announces sequels after this and all the rest of it, and you know, it, it goes on for ages. At one point, he announces a TV show. Yeah. we will go through all that when we get to Casino Royale. Because, as I say, this whole court battle leads us to Casino Royale. It has an impact on the Spider-Man franchise and lots of other things.
1: Yeah, it's quite far-reaching, isn't it? So I've never realised. So.
2: Yeah. The Battle for Bond is the book you want to read by Robert, uh, Robert Sellers.
1: Yeah, I can recommend that. It's yeah. really, really good. Yeah,
2: it really is very, very good indeed. But next week, we get back Roger with his grooming super. Roger fix. out! Roger and his groomer Roger
1: and his octogenarian pal. But yeah, anyway, before we get to that, um, where can we find us on social media? Uh,
0: you can find me at Cinematronics, where uh, you can find the link to... Uh... The website that hosts this glorious podcast, uh, which is uh, cinematronicsco.uk. Uh, I'm
1: at the pasty
2: Kid 1976 on Twitter. We also have a YouTube page. If you find us, you'll find us under Do You Expect Us to Talk? We've had various issues with the um, with various videos being muted and all that. We've sorted them all out now, but they are slightly edited versions. Generally speaking, we just edit out the intro music and cut to like a little bit after Becca's just said hello. Um, and but To
0: keep you yes, yeah, with,
2: with the music episode We did have to cut All of one track and our conversation around it So we had to sort of stitch two, two different sentences Chris said together That were about six minutes apart To cut out the Nina sketch The Nina sketch, the Nina song um, Because that was copyrighted All the brilliant songs we played On that episode And the one that everyone shits their pants about And has to protect is Nina singing about fucking Christmas trees?
0: <laughs> oh. But That's anyway, a Nina song. It's been it is odd thing, isn't it? A Copyright. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we played.
2: We played Louis Armstrong's last song. We played John Barry can be could could be quite litigious in his in his time, and we had to. Um, but we played the Majesty's theme. We played all these alternate songs. We played. And we have
1: to cut this bloody Nina. But we
2: had to cut Nina singing about Christmas trees
1: and friendship and rainbows and kindness. But no, elsewhere on social media and love. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the one. And love. Yeah. And love. Okay.
0: Don't mock oh, yeah. my northernness. I've never
2: mocked your northernness apart from just then.
1: Oh. I'm sure you look very good.
2: What's does looks got to do with anything? He's <laughs> northern, as he said.
0: I'm sm- just sitting here, a, a flat cap, smoking a pipe, you know? yeah. drinking a pint of mild.
2: Yeah, he'll be having a pint of mild, wearing a string vest, knotted hanky on his head. It's YouTube
0: Gumby. <laughs> <laughs> Who
1: Oh, dear. Elsewhere on social media, come and see us at Facebook slash expectedtotalk. Now, on Twitter, we are at Talk. amazingly
0: enough. Or
1: um, you can email us, expectedtotalk at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Send us your thoughts, um, feelings, emotions, if you want to kind of give us some feedback or let us know what you like about the show or anything you or want. Or just to send us deliver. a love letter. Yeah.
2: Send us a love letter telling you
0: that would
1: be lovely. Valentine's Day is upon us.
0: Tell me Quite what a special love to us. Like. Though, though by the time you listen to this, Valentine's it probably Day won't will be, be, yeah, be like, gone.
2: <laughs> uh, well, hang on a minute. When's... Yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about release schedule after this. I don't want to date it by putting on the show, but I, I would have thought this will be released not that long after Valentine's Day. No.
1: Okay, Valentine's Day has been and gone, but send us a love letter anyway.
2: Send us a love letter apologising <laughs> for how you ignored us on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tell me what a smashing blouse I'm wearing.
1: We want 12 dozen...
0: Make this feel special.
1: We Make want two dozen red roses, please. Yes. <laughs> anyway, on that note, I expected to talk. We'll return with A View to a Kill.